Ready. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Everything You Need to Know About Music, where I am sitting tonight with my friend Brian. Say hello, Brian. Hello, hello. And the wives. Say hello, wives. Hi there. Demetra. Hi. And Laura. Hello there. All right. All right. (laughs) Now, this is kind of part B of our podcast in that this is Brian's turn to tell me about an artist or band that he wants me to know about, and I genuinely, wholeheartedly have no idea who you're about to do. So do you want to just tell me, or how do you want to do it? Um, we'll get to that. So, <laughs> First of all, thank uh, you for having me. Uh, this is a great honor. Yeah, thank you for being um, here. I listened to pieces of your first season podcast. I'm not a pod person. Fair enough. Um, and so I'm probably not going to follow your format. However, That's fine. I was... Very happy that you asked me. Um, I'm a little bit um, excited and a little bit nervous about this because... Okay. Um, I've not seen you ever be I'm nervous, almost, though. I'm almost the opposite of you in that your um, music ecology... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And your pedigree um, uh-huh. is way um, more advanced than mine. And so when that. you at your ripe age of under 40 no, no, no. are bringing up I'm Van Morrison I'm and uh, some of these um, incredible bands that are really way before your time and you shouldn't have listened to. <laughs> um, All right. Um, I, I had a hard time trying to figure out how, what I can do to okay. uh, blow your mind. Oh. And oh. so this one... I th- I'm hoping we'll do it. Um, maybe educate you and myself and everyone here about uh, maybe you know hopefully some music that you didn't listen to because you were too busy listening to jazz. Wow! All right. And blues. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I'm very excited and now. A little too. bit of uh, you know Dr. Dre and somewhere else. <laughs> but you defi- might have missed. No, that's definitely true. You just might have missed. Um, How do you want to tell me? Um. We're gonna. We could. We could sort of roll right into it. Okay. I can. I, I mean, unless you want to guess, I could throw nope, out a few. No. Nope. No. Whatever you want me to do. I, I have no guess whatsoever because you're the type of person that I know what kind of music you listen to and what kind of music you play on stage, and that isn't the kind of music that I normally listen to or have played myself. So we we don't intersect in that way. There's few songs that we really I think uh, share as let's say favorites. I'll, um, um, yeah, so I was, I was a little bit of a, in a black hole of music for a long time, too. There, okay. was, there was a long period of time where I didn't have time to listen to music. It was, you know, if, if it was on the way to the radio, you know, on the radio on my way to work or to school or whatever, I heard it, okay. Right. It was just in the But background. I didn't, I never really developed a passion like you did from the age of 12, like Googling Moondance when Google yeah. didn't exist and having yeah. people... You know, bring that up. That, that you're out of the norm, by the way. That's fair. That's, That's true. You're not right. No, you're right. You're <laughs> so, absolutely right. I <laughs> should have been doing other right. things. So, but as you know, as we age and we have time to do these things and come up, you know, with some of your favorites or things you like to listen to, um, I, I started to think about this when you inter- when you asked me to do this. Okay. So, um, the uh, I can throw out a few things. Um, is he an a American Grammy, artist? American artist recorded a Grammy-winning song that was not the title of a James Bond movie. <sighs> and so... Now you got to just tell me. Now I feel stupid. No. Nah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll keep going. This will <sighs> get you closer. There right, go. He's probably, should be, if, if he's not, credited with being the sole architect of the Seattle grunge scene. Oh, Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Negative. So. Oh, oh no! Wait a minute. No, I know who he is. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Sorry, I got it. Dave Grohl. No, he's Dave Grohl's still alive. Oh, you said he's dead. That's right. I'm glad you keep trying. Damn it. Okay, let me think. Seattle grunge scene. Three bands. No, dude, hmm. it's, it's escaping me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's no. there. It's there. It's in your memory. <laughs> it's not. So I know you I'm never listened thrown, to it. I'm being thrown off by all the, the movie things and the Oscar thing yes. that you And we definitely know this person. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, you should. And if you don't, you will. 
<laughs> and you'll be you'll be oh, playing this right. stuff on your on oh. your iPod yeah. starting tomorrow. <laughs> if not tonight. And you know, as you were throwing out, so you you know you have words that I don't have words. You you're like you're very eloquent with your speaking I don't and know about some that. of the adjectives that you use. So w- the only thing I can put with this is if we're comparing Van Morrison, who is an unbelievably incredible artist, and the the terms of of powerful and right. lyrically strong and yep. poetic and the, and the all the things that you described that I can't even repeat. Here Tell we go. Tell me who it is. This person has been voted and in many ways has been recognized as the greatest voice of his generation. Oh, all right. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. How do we not know, I'm gonna who, keep we know going. who it is? I'm going to keep no, going. No, we I know don't, who it is. We, I, I don't, don't know who it is. You, you can't. You, 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 you can say that about a lot of people. I mean, all right. I'm going to give you the stats. Okay. All right. He was voted Rock's Greatest Singer by Guitar Magazine. He was number four of heavy metal, all-time top 100 vocalists, and number Eddie nine. Better. Number nine. Oh. Nope. Damn He's it. alive. He's alive too. Damn it. Number nine best lead singers of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. Is that all genres? What would, what would that be? Rock or? of all time? Greatest. Lead, lead okay. singers Jeez. of all, right. all time. Now, all right. just now, just tell me. We're going thirty minutes on not even. Knowing so, the and that's it. Yes, this podcast is going overboard. <laughs> because Some editing is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I am about to make you love Soundgarden. <gasps> oh, wow! However, wait. Let me just wait. 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 Sorry, don't even say however. I, if you gave me a million dollars. Could not name for you one Soundgarden song. Not one. Thank you. Not one. <laughs> not one. This was my goal tonight. Oh, I'm so excited so right I'm, now. Uh, You're going to be the first person to really teach me something from a slate that is literally blank. I know nothing of that band. Zero. Great. So I didn't pick Soundgarden as a band. Okay. I could have. Right. And I'm going to play some okay. for you. Okay. But this guy was so incredible that he went beyond Soundgarden. Okay. He was the lead singer of Soundgarden. Okay. He was the lead singer of Audio Slave. Okay. And he was the lead singer of Temple of the Dog. Okay. Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah, of course. Chris yep. Okay. So I know nothing. I'm Zero. I'm very excited. I love it. You two. Wow. So excited. You two really nailed each other. Okay. I love wow. It. Here's some of the stuff you might think is interesting, and you'll hear it. Once we start getting into music, about sorry, 30 sorry, sorry. From now. He was literally voted the best frontman, the best lead singer ever. Number nine. Number nine. Yes. Okay. All right. That's still unbelievable. Okay. Yes. Um, here we go. Go ahead. I'm gonna keep giving you a couple of his <laughs> stats, and this is the reason why. <laughs> the reason why I picked him and not Soundgarden or Audio Slave or Temple of the Dog or any of his solo, multiple solo uh, uh, albums that he had is because of his voice. Okay. So when he is compared to um, other male rock vocalists, number one is Freddie Mercury. Yep. And then there's a few smatterings, but really Chris Cornell's probably two. Wow. In my opinion. Okay. As you said on Van Morrison. Okay. (laughs) So I really wanted to highlight his vocals. Okay. In different settings. Okay. Um, obviously, one is going to be Soundgarden. Um, and because you're not a Soundgarden guy, I'm going to play a few, you know, r- really short clips of some Soundgarden songs. And you will, you'll I'll go, probably yeah, know, yeah, 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 I'll know some of them. Okay. It's kind of like me with Van Morrison. Okay. Yep. So, um, <laughs> wow, we really did it to each other tonight, didn't we? Holy smokes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, I'd like to go back to the whole um, grunge situation. Uh huh. So when you say, yeah, there were three bands in grunge, or if that, I'm not sure that's what you meant, but grunge was a Seattle term. Okay. And it is the exact opposite of you. So that's why I picked this. <laughs> because you are polished. You have finesse. You have oh, words. so cute. And, um, right. and you think about these things, and you understand music. Okay. So w- when I c- compare and contrast you and I, that's so I true. I wanted to go in a different direction, right? That's so, so fair. That's well done. W- this is me, and that was you. That's and fair. So, 
I don't know a lot about music. I never took a lesson, um, although I am. Yeah, you're in a, a rocker, band. though. Yeah, and and so th- when I hear and uh, uh, certain things about music, I, I don't know what notes are. I mean, I couldn't tell you what a note was. Yeah, um, but the <laughs> and I love it when obviously when people do that because that's what you should do. Yeah, um, what what you know about music. So. Um, this guy, uh, you know, started from, you know, nothing and um, had had no early vocal training. But then over his years, of course, he did. He had coaches and did some things, blew out his vocal cord several times. And so uh, had a rough life and obviously really? ended up committing suicide, okay. uh, as as most yeah, do. Yeah, right, right. Um, so... So his story but, is common to the genre. But he, yeah. he is, he's missed, and I think a lot of people looking at the grunge scene automatically think of Nirvana. Right. And then they might say, you know, Dave Grohl, but, but he, you know, Foo Fighters wasn't really grunge. That, you know, no, he came rock. after yeah, and all right, that. Right. So what, when, you, when you go back to the early roots of, of Seattle grunge, um, Soundgarden, was really one of the earlier earlier bands. Okay. 1984. Uh, wow. Started. Because um, grunge is like mid 90s or early yeah, 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so when so they when were ahead of it. Nirvana didn't come around until the 90s. Okay. Uh, and and even Pearl Jam and there's a great story and a, and a song that I'm gonna give you with Pearl Jam that's related to this. But Chris and all the people who were in the Seattle scene were very close. So there were okay. there were a few bands. They were trying to make their way. And as um, they were kind of moving and grooving with the scene in that area, but they weren't nationally known acts for a long time. Right. And um, so when Soundgarden was was playing at mostly in clubs, they um, signed to some little labels, but they were the first of any of the grunge bands to sign to a, mec- a major record label. Really? So Sub Pop was one that uh, Nirvana had signed to. There was Alice in Chains, yep. uh, which was another one. But they were all minor labels compared to when uh, uh, Soundgarden gotcha. signed. And so there is a, there's a, uh, a little chart that I created to <laughs> kind of tie people in to these bands. So here, these are the main bands of Seattle grunge. Okay. Oh, this is so great. Holy smokes. Here we go. Wait, sorry. Will you allow me to take a picture of that? Yeah. Okay. God, oh, great. That's and great. and this and is a beautiful family tree. It is. That connects Holy the bands. And I'm, we're going to get to the music I'm so eventually. That but on I, the site too. But I feel That's like awesome. w- this is important. Now, first of all, if anybody's a, a grunge fan or a Soundgarden fan, they probably already know this stuff. But yeah, but I know they don't. Not. They may not know the, the like the details. Okay. So we're going to kind of. I'll give you some dates and then we'll we'll okay. backtrack a little bit if if you're okay with this. So, Soundgarden, right? Nirvana, uh huh. Soundgarden, 1984. Okay. Nirvana, 1987. Okay. Pearl you're giving me the, the 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 date that the band formed. The dates when they okay. yeah yeah got it. And then Came they together. got popular after got it. you know somewhere yep. in that time. Okay. Frame. Pearl Jam, 1990. Okay. Alice in Chains, 1991. Uh huh. And those were the main ones. And then there were a lot of spinoffs. But the, the, the sort of, um, one of the bigger bands at the time that most people have never heard of is a band called Mother Love Bone. Never heard of it. And Mother Love Bone uh, was from 87 to 90, around the uh, same time as, as Soundgarden was starting to pick things up. And Chris Cornell was roommates with the lead singer of Mother Love Bone. Roommates. Okay. So right. these are competing bands at the same town, yeah. same style of music, and their roommates. Wow. So Mother Love Bone was actually a w- w- much more popular band than Soundgarden was at the time. Come on. And they were going to be the next big band or the big band coming out of Seattle at the time until their lead singer killed himself no. with an overdose of heroin. Oh, my gosh. So, Holy smokes. Now, mind you, S- Soundgarden's a thing. Yeah. And they're doing their thing, but they're not... You know, they're, they're getting there. Right. Um, and the 90s was big for them. But this was right at the same time that... that That's crazy that, that it happened to his roommate. Andrew Wood, wow. who's the, the yeah. lead singer of Mother Love Bone and uh, roommates with Chris Cornell. He dies of heroin overdose. 
Soundgarden takes a little bit of a break because their buddy had just passed. And somewhere along the way, they decided to form a tribute band. Okay. And that tribute band was called Temple of the Dog. No so way. That's they, how it got... I've heard of that band, of course. So, the, and I'm going to be jumping around, but this, yeah, yeah, we're no, still saying yep, in the education it. of Seattle grunge. <laughs> so, <laughs> Temple of the Dog gets formed immediately after uh, uh, Andrew Wood dies. Okay. Within a year. It was he died in 1990. Yeah, it was same year. Okay. So, there's two guys left in Mother Love Bone. Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard. You may, these names might mm -hmm. ring a bell with you. Okay. So these guys are looking, you know, the brother just died. They want to continue some music. And, and Chris steps in, the gentleman that he was. Again, he could have just like rolled through this and made Soundgarden the greatest because Mother Lovebone was supposedly going to be the one at the time. And he says, hey, let's put together a tribute band wow. for our buddy. They did, a, they did one album in 1990. They merged with Chris Cornell being the lead singer. Right. They took the two remaining guys of Mother Love Bone. And then they pulled in. So Eddie, uh, or, I'm sorry, um, Chris Cornell was actually a drummer. No way. Started out as a drummer, and, but then he wasn't uh, able to you know, sing and drum at the same time. So they brought in, they brought in a drummer. And they brought in another guitarist from a different band called uh, Mad Season. So Temple of the Dog wow. is formed by Chris Cornell. It's like a super group, though. You got it. So Chris Cornell, Jeff Ament, Goddard. And it's, and it's a tribute to their friend. That, that's crazy. I never knew that. Yes, and it gets better. Okay. <laughs> they bring in Mike McCreary, and there's this young guy from San Diego. Okay. He's not part of the Seattle grunge scene. Kind of put up a one ad, looking to you know join a band. These guys are looking uh, for a singer for their band. Temple of the Dog throws together a bunch of songs. They start to uh, play, right. get an album together, and this guy is Eddie Vedder. Shut up. So. Wait, how does the, how do I not know this? You're listening to jazz. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay, okay. Funk. Wait, sorry. Let me, let me get this straight. That Temple of the Dog, which I have heard of before, is the culmination of all of those groups put together, of all those guys, to make one super group like that. Never yeah, knew because that. Because one lead singer died? Yes. And it was a tribute to their buddy. Wow. So, Holy smokes. And it gets better. Who sang? Did Vetter sing? Well, Chris Cornell was the lead singer. They brought in Eddie to Eddie was a rookie. I guess and sure, at the time, yeah. he was very shy. He didn't like he knew his place. And these guys were it was Seattle and he was coming from, you know, surf town San Diego and he just kinda sat in the corner and oh, was kinda, you know, getting introduced. So what comes of that is they produce an album. Okay. One off. No other albums after, and everybody goes their separate ways. They made one album and disappeared. One album. Holy smokes. And there were some platinum hits on it. Uh, Temple of the Dog kind of goes back. Chris goes back to Soundgarden. And the two guys from Other Love Bone grab Eddie Vedder, take a, take a, a drummer, and they form Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. No way. Okay. So I love this. I love this. I, oh, this is great. But not know something and then know it. Yeah. yeah it's all coming together. So now, so think of that. You know, you got these guys. Again, you know, they're living in the same town. They're, they're singing music. They're doing their thing. Most of the world is, like, not quite, you know, they don't know what Seattle grunge is sure. or whatever. Wait, Nirvana, how, how popular at that time was grunge? Was it just forming? Was it popular just there? Or was it starting to come across the country? It was, it was mostly there. Now, I'll, we'll get to some of the, some of the songs that, that uh, Soundgarden had because... There were, you know, everybody equates it to Nirvana, and, and I think Nirvana's style is still very different than Soundgarden. So when oh, you, oh, when for you sure. hear, yeah. when you hear these, are, they are different. And again, I don't, I, I don't, I want to. Was Nirvana just the loudest, meaning just like the, uh, the flat, the uh, grungiest, if that's the right word, and that's why they're the most popular. Um, probably and Kurt and you know, like they had a good, you know, they had a good thing, okay. and but but. Um, Soundgarden's um, was a little before that, so they're more metal and they're more uh, uh, hard rock. Okay. And 
and Nirvana. They're different. So when you hear, you'll hear a few okay, of these okay, things, okay. and then you'll, and then you'll, you, things might ring a bell a little bit. Okay. Um, so I, again, to, today my focus was going to be on Chris himself, not not so much yeah, sorry, got and the bands. Yep, yep. But I kind of wanted to introduce this and bring it out to you. Now, we're going to go one one step further. Okay. I said there were three bands that he was in. Yeah. And they all produced albums, and they all had platinum records and songs that you will probably yeah. recognize. So the third one is a band called Audio Slave. Yeah, I for sure have not. I don't so, think. Yeah, no, I've, no, I haven't heard of them. There was this band from L.A., and they were called Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, of course. So Rage is a different style of music, but still kind of in yep. the rock and yep. maybe a little more... Um, Definitely uh, not as hard as Soundgarden was at the time. So Rage has Tom Morello, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, mm-hmm. um, and a couple other guys. And their lead singer, Zach De La Rocha, decides to quit. So here we are again. We have a band <laughs> without a lead singer. Holy smokes. And so they, they were trying to figure out how are they going to keep this thing going. So this producer, Rick Rubin, yep. he says, hey, guys, I... I have, I have this person that you might want to get in contact with and maybe audition him or whatever. He recommends Chris Cornell. Oh, now, mind so you, Chris is still in Soundgarden. Oh, wow. So anyhow, Rage Against the Machine loses their singer. They bring in Chris. And they, they uh, produce three albums or so. Okay. And, um, but one of the interesting... Uh, stories with this did, one. Wait, is, sorry. Did, forgive me. Did he make records with them as Rage, or did he Audio Slave? Uh, audio so Slave. So Rage okay. was no longer. Right? Oh, okay, so once the singer leaves, they broke up. In they a created, sense and created a new, the, okay, got created it, got a new got band. Got it, got it, got it, now coming forward, you know, 2016, 18, they they recreated a band called Prophets of Rage. So so they have you know some of the guys from the original Rage Against Machine, and then they threw in. Uh, you know, a couple other dudes, and they were called Prophets of Rage, and they just got it not, not too long ago. But the interesting, what's interesting about this is Rick Rubin said, I, I want you to listen to this guy, and he's he's got this incredible voice. Again, we're focusing on Chris. Okay, sorry. Yep. Going back to the stats, you know, number nine, greatest lead singer. I'm going to give you a little something first. No, go, go, go. So here we go. Rick says, you got to audition this guy. Yeah. And he plays this one song. It's called Slaves and Bulldozers. And they go, this is what you need to listen to and decide if this is going to be your new front man. So I'm going to play that one second. Okay. But first, I'm going to give you a compilation of the five uh, Soundgarden songs. Oh, beautiful. All right, I'm ready. That you should know. Okay. Now, mind you, it's it's difficult to pick out five because there were so many of them. But... I'm going to give no, you five. No, good, of course. And um, It's difficult to pick out. That's, that's kind of the thing of this podcast is it's like how do you show somebody an entire body of work in just a few songs? Yes. But you chose these for a reason, and that's what's important yes. to me. And I, I want to I finish this because I haven't said this. Again, we're focusing on the, one of the greatest male rock yes, vocalists got in it. history. Got it. You have mentioned that. On the planet. I take issue with it thus far, however. Okay. But, but I'm open to hearing what you have to say. Four octave vocal range. <sighs> I think Freddie had five, so that's incredibly impressive. That's why I think he's number incredibly two. Incredibly impressive. <laughs> incredibly. Okay. All like right. That's so this brutal. Just try doing three, by the way, and you're, you're, you're going to kill yourself. Never mind four. Exactly. Okay. Okay. No training. Until, until his later years, heavy drug user, smoker, drinker, all of that, which is not good for your voice, right? No. So great for the genre, these, though. All, you take all these things <laughs> into consideration. All right. What are you going to hit me with first? We are going to, I'm just going to give you little 10 second snippets of no, five. You're going to more than 10. You're going to let me hear it. I have no nothing. You're going you're, you're gonna to hear them only because this thing's like already okay, okay, preloaded. Okay, okay, so, All right, all right. Unless go. you want to nope, stop do them it. and repeat them no, or something. No, 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 no. Go. Do what you got. Because I'm not technically savvy like no, you, No, you're man. brilliant. You got, like this you're... little chart over there that's got our <laughs> things going up and down. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Ready. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna run off a list for the the, the listeners who might know Soundgarden, but sure. just want to hear a little bit of. Uh, oh yeah, I think I know that one. Okay. Kind of like I did with Van Morrison. <laughs> and Moonraker. 
Oh, Mood oh. Dance. Don't get it wrong. It's my favorite song. Oh. God. Chris Cromwell, what's his name? Whoa, All right, man, go. them's fighting words, boy. All right, here we go. Go. I'm just going to roll off a few. And since I'm on this... Yeah, here we go. Right, go. Go ahead. Ready? Yep. These are just a few. Mm-hmm. Outshined. Rusty Cage. No. Spoon Man. The Day I Tried to Live. Black Hole Sun. I know course, that one. Yeah. Blow Up the Outside World. Okay. And Fell on Black Days. And those won't be songs that I'm going to present today. Oh. Because remember, I'm here to blow your mind. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. all that's like right. mainstream You said stuff. that at the beginning. You did. That's true. Okay. So okay. here we go. These are just the five ones that you should have listened to at some point in your life. Fair or maybe enough. you'll go, ah, I think I know that one. Okay, go ahead. Fair enough. Rusty Cage. Fell on Black Days. I know his, you know his voice, though. Spoon Man. I want to say I know this one. Laura, you know all these songs? All of them? She goes, all of them. <laughs> Yeah, okay, this one's this a, one yeah, yeah, this one, of course. Okay. Okay, so those right. are just, you know, yep. little mishmash of Soundgarden, and you're like, yeah, okay. okay. Isn't it funny, though, when you're in your own little world, and, like, those songs really are very familiar to me yeah. because of, obviously, Brian's passion for it. Sure. And the fact that you guys... Like you knew one. It's so weird. It is mind blowing. But that's what's it's so incredible about music is that you could be like that's totally common and familiar, and I know nothing about it, or vice versa about the things that we listen to on a daily basis that you wouldn't like know that even exists. Well, and it also evokes emotion and passion, and and I could see it in you guys with Van Morrison, but I I was appreciating it, not feeling it. Yeah, with those. Yeah. It's amazing to me that I feel it because obviously you guys know I'm more of a Prince and yeah. a <laughs> Rob Thomas <laughs> fan than, right. than this. But, Upcoming right. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're still in this melt your face. Yeah, we're still okay. Uh, yeah, right. Right, 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 right. But you're right. That's such a good point. And that's what I. That's what I later. love about music is that you connect so many different ways to so many different people. Yes. So here's this. wait. I didn't ask you this question, dude. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I have to ask. How did you stumble upon this music? How are you connected to this? Where did you, like, catch this bug? So, again, you know, Seattle, right? Nirvana, yep. uh, that whole grunge thing. I, I probably, similar to you, I hadn't quite heard Chris Cornell until about 15 years ago, maybe. Okay. I knew of Soundgarden, didn't associate it with his name. Um, but... When he started doing these other bands, you know, I, I would listen and I go, man, that guy sounds familiar. And then it'd be like Audio Slave, that turned the channel. And then, and then I was like, what is this Audio Slave? Well, oh, that's Chris Cornell. Like, you can hear his voice. He's right. got an incredible. Yep, so the dude's a baritone, but he can hit into the tenor and up into the, yeah, you know, soprano, early yep. soprano yep. register. Um, which is pretty incredible. So when you hear his voice, just like you said, hey, I, that, that voice sounds definitely, familiar to definitely. me or whatever, right? Yeah. So, so that But were you listening my... to rock at the time and this was mixed in with a, tons of other rock mm, of the day? No, so I, you know, I, I, I listened to a lot of Pearl Jam, Metallica. Yeah. Um, again, now when I was, I was in, a, in a black hole for a while of school and studying and working. Right. And so I didn't have time to listen to music. So I didn't catch a lot of this stuff until after I was, you know. Got it. Like I was in my 30s. Which is probably most people's 16 you, with music. You, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Got it, yeah. You know, so like when I was a kid and I would, you know, uh, Teen Spirit would come on the radio, I'd be like, man, this is one of the most overplayed. I'm in Miami. You know, right, so yeah, right. that's, we weren't that's listening true. to, you know, Smells Like Teen no. Spirit. And, and <laughs> no, definitely uh, you know, not. it was Linkin Park and, yeah. you know, some things that were cool, <laughs> but but and really, Soundgarden was a little too too heavy for me at yeah. at that time. So I you know I'd change channel and and listen to you know disco. Yeah, no, I don't know about <laughs> disco, but okay, yeah, I take your point. So so you caught it later. All right. So this song, 
unless you're a diehard Soundgarden fan, you won't know this one. Good. Okay. And the point of this is to 100% highlight Chris Cornell's vocals. Okay. That's it. Okay. Now, I'm going to do it in two ways. I'm going to play I'm going to play a version. Now, a lot of people would say that Soundgarden sounded live better or equally as good as when they were what? studio. So, they they were an incredible band. That's why Jeez. you got to start putting this on your, yeah, your okay. iPod. Right. But this one again is just to highlight the, the vocals of of Chris Cornell. Okay. Now, this was the song that Rick Rubin used to audition him to become the front man for Audio Slave, which was Rage Against the Machine yep. losing their singer. Part two. Yep. So here we go. Kay. This is off of the album. Bad Motor Finger is the name of the album. It was released in 1991. <laughs> okay. All right. So Rick Rubin goes to him and said, you got to listen to this song. This is your new guy. He said, listen to it and you guys decide. Okay. Um, this is kind of a, I guess the classification is somewhere in the doom metal slash grunge. Okay. Uh, and a little bit of heavy metal. Okay. His voice is the highlight of this thing, and it's going to build. I'm going to give you the. I'm going to give you a studio version, and then we're going to take out all the instruments, and we're just going to listen to the Shut vocals. Shut up. Okay, I love okay? that. All right, that makes me very. So happy. in this, thinking it through, because you are a guy who thinks about these things. Yep. I, you know, I don't have time to think about this, nor do I understand some I of it. I disagree with but that. But I, I like what I like. So when I hear it, I'm like, all right, I like that. Okay. But I don't go down the layers of listening to I, something. I disagree. In a think of everything you had elevator, just said. and then go home and try. To right. Google it. That's not true. But okay. <laughs> Look at all that you have just said to me. I would not know. N nobody would know all of that. So here's what we're going to think about this. All His right. voice is going to switch from blues to rock to heavy metal, <gasps> and he's going to cover three octaves. Oh, dude. All right. Can you build it up a little more, though, before you play the song? Jesus. All right. Go. Let's do it. I'm ready. Most people, <laughs> most people would say that this is a song that defines Soundgarden. If you are a hardcore Soundgarden fan, this is their favorite Okay, play song. it. Christ. All right? <sighs> Do it. And if you had oh. never <laughs> heard a Soundgarden song before, okay. or heavy metal, mm -hmm. this is the song that I want you to listen to. Okay. So well, we are, it. wait, so remember. Play it already. The introduction to this was, my goal is to, Blow your mind Burn your face out. so that tomorrow you will not be right. You, you won't sleep tonight. That's what you said to me. When we are you finished did say that. with this podcast. You said you texted me earlier today saying I'm going to blow your Maybe mind. Maybe because it's going to go on until the morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, at this point. All right, go. No editing. All right. <laughs> Here Sorry. we go. What a voice for Come Listen. on. Oh. Jesus. Oh, holy smoke. Look at the look at the wave on the stage when he hits the high notes. Holy It's a little clip. Wow. It's a little bit. It's so. like it, it makes I'm like I'm I'm breathing heavy. Breathless. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a little winded. I'm, I'm winded. Like I'm whew. So pretty crazy, right? Now, if you're used to listening to Van Morrison <laughs> hanging out in your hammock, <laughs> wind blowing. I should have gone second. Top Damn down, it. top down in the convertible. Yeah. 
this one, you know, this isn't the one. <laughs> no, you, you know, no, you're bringing different, your different song your for different purposes. Oh, different you. songs for different purposes. I get it. I would date you, honey. I don't have a problem <laughs> with that song. <laughs> yeah, different song for different reason. <laughs> Holy smokes, that was powerful. Okay, so I see why Ruben would give him that. So like, this guy, you know, you you know, he started out he was baritone, and he had, he went all the way on, all up, the way right? up, and um, with very good control. Fantastic um, control. You're gonna li- so let me uh, let me pull up the uh, no music. Yeah, I would love to and hear that. We'll, we'll catch that one. Real just quick. the vocal by itself. I'm gonna yeah. ask real quick while you do that. I mean, some people might just think if you don't know music that that's screaming. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do you, like you, Jason? What's right. your take on that? Controlled screaming. No. Controlled. Controlled screaming. Controlled screaming. They have the power to be able to control it. While you're literally yelling your guts out, but are they in a note? Oh, or yeah, a it's tone absolutely or a correct. No, this is yeah. it's a technique called vocal belting. <laughs> it is, yeah. And so, yeah. so this is a no, no. There's not a lot of people who have the skill to do this because because no. Chris is really one in a million. And I'll read some quotes to you later if you want. On at when he died, there were there were you know so many people that came out of the woodworks on you know, what an impactful guy this guy was in his voice. And, and his own colleagues were, you know, this is a one-in-a-million guy. He was. Wow. Axl Rose said that he was the single greatest male rock vocalist on the planet. That's, That's what Axl Rose said. And Axl Rose is actually ranked, oh, like, yeah, he's way up number there. five or something, sure, right? Yeah. So In um, his heyday, sure, for sure. A little bit of drums, you know, we'll, we'll catch that in a second. I'm going to give you a quick history. They is came up with the name... There were some kids in a playground okay. playing with some bulldozers and Tonka trucks. Right. And they go, what are you guys doing? And they go, we're playing slaves and bulldozers. <laughs> and they were all sitting around in a circle, you know, and they're pushing these things around. And the guys go, that's, that's a great it. name for our song. Like, we didn't have a name for the song. And that's literally how they came up with the name. I love that. That's great. So here we go. So this is, you're giving me just a little bit of drums, but this is just vocal Strip by itself. sound vocals. Oh, I love it. to those high notes. He does it again one more time. Hit play. Just one more time. I'll just hear the next one when he goes up. It's a whole octave right there. It's one note, a whole octave. Holy mo. Okay. Right? He can kind of sing. So back to my question. That is one note? Yeah. It's one note that he takes from one octave to the next octave. And you can hear that. Yeah. You didn't hear that, girl? No, I can hear the octaves. Yeah. So let's say you're at I can't like tell let's say you're at C. C. I can't think tell of the piano C. like the piano keys yeah. or Honey, whatever. What He's, note was that? But no, I don't know. I don't know what note it, it is. But like my point is, he, go, he goes note. with his while singing, and he's in the, by the way, he's in the middle of a, of a phrase, and takes that note and goes all the way back up to the next octave flawlessly, and it's still gritty Super and powerful impressive. and. Yeah, okay. Gritty. Yeah. Gritty is a great word. Dude can and I sing. think that's why they love that. I, mean, I think they we all have that passion to There's run. only a few that I can say that do it really, really well. Aretha, for example, is someone that does it. That that screaming, that church gospely singing, and screaming. And she can take it from and go all the way up. But he but him doing it with that, that rock in the oh man, wow. that's yeah. pretty cool. That that's crazy. Powerful. So All right. you're winning me. You're winning me over. So I forgot to mention like a couple of. Yeah, come on. 
he was one of the few male rock vocalists mm-hmm. to uh, sing at a presidential inauguration. Soundgarden. Who? Wait, who's? Soundgarden played at Barack Obama's no way. inauguration. Wow. Let's see if I can give you some more awesome facts. Dude, he can... How many of our three songs have we officially heard? Just one? We heard one. Okay. So I'm going to skip to number two. Okay. If you guys are good with that. Yep. It's fine with me. Um, so this one... Is Very not, impressed thus far, by the way. This is not a Soundgarden song. Okay. It's got a great story for all you don't know and for the people who may know. So this song is called... Time out, time out. The amount of notes that you have (laughs) is spectacular. Seriously, I'm so impressed. Not impressed with your, like, filing of them in the proper order. Or my handwriting. Or your handwriting. However... Right, takes it's just in pencil take a because Dude. I had to erase and read. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Take I'm a so, big sip of water, I'm get so, I'm over so there. freaking happy. By the way, all right, so we're going back to Temple of the Dog. Okay, one-off tribute. Sorry, band. they made one album. One album, one-off, and this gets better. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah, this is a great little story. This is one of the, I think it was probably the first or second song on the only album that they produced, and it's called Hunger Strike. Okay. So Hunger Strike is a song that Chris wrote. Now, mind you, he's, you know, he's in and out of depression and all these things, and, but he's, he's, he's becoming famous. You know, uh, they, they signed a major record label. They're popular. They're touring. And so this was a song that he wanted to have some influence on people, kind of like when you go on a true hunger strike. It's like I'm sort of protesting my success ah, by not wanting to change what I do. So I don't want you to think that money and, and, and fame is going to make me do something different. different. So, yeah. so the, uh, I'll see if I can give you the exact quotes, but... It says here, you know, that the pressure of being the first band from Seattle, getting all the attention, the major record label. He said, I want to stay true to what I'm doing, regardless of what comes of it. And I'll never change what I'm doing for success. That's awesome. Okay? Yeah. So he writes this song, and he's... He, the, Is this a deep track or a popular song? You'll know it. You think so? Most everybody who's listening who's not you will know it. (laughs) Um, God, all right, fair enough. So, the, again, tribute to his buddy who died. He's he's struggling. So he writes this song, but it's got some parts that are have some low parts and some high parts. Okay. So he's practicing in the studio with Temple of the Dog on this song. And in comes this young guy who is, um, as I mentioned before, he's new to the scene, San Diego surfer boy. Right. And he's sitting in the studio, Eddie Vedder. Yeah. And he's there literally not for, for Temple the Dog, because, but some of the band members are going to become his future bandmates. <laughs> right. Um, but he was there to kind of see uh, the guys who will become... Pearl Jam. Right. Their name at the time was Mookie Blaylock. And so they they had a uh, you know, put a one ad out and Eddie Vedder comes in and it just so happens that Chris is there with with Temple of the Dog because some of the band members overlapped and they're they're trying he's struggling with this song. So Eddie is sitting in the corner right. and Chris is they're trying to record this and he's having a hard time with the lows but he can definitely handle the highs. And all of a sudden, Eddie walks up, and he just starts singing the lows. So come on, Chris, as you know, as he was, he's like, "Hell, man! If this guy can make this happen, let's do it." So sight unseen, come on, That's this on. is a duet between with Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell on the vocals. I would never have known this. It story. is the first time that Eddie Vedder was professionally recorded. No. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Pearl Jam hadn't been invented yet. That's right? a good point. Because yeah. they were, you know, yeah. if you look at my family tree. <laughs> if right? you refer to figure A. So we'll go back. You know, uh, Jeff Ament, Mike McCreary, and and then 
they threw Eddie in there and Stone Gossard. And so, and we'll go back a little bit of history. The drummer, the drummer for Soundgarden, right, is the same drummer for Pearl Jam. Oh, come on. Yep. How is it all related? All right, Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron is the same drummer for both bands. So when I saw Pearl Jam yeah. and they came yeah. here five weeks before he died, <sighs> Matt Cameron was a drummer. I'm sorry, Soundgarden. Did I say that? Soundgarden. Yeah. yeah, Soundgarden. And he threw his sweat band into the crowd. <laughs> and my son, Sam, has it. So Come we've on. got an incredible, you know, little connection with these guys. Yeah, you clearly guys, do. Right? Wait, p- pause for just a second. Go back to, was it, do you say Mookie Blaylock? Yes. How do I know that name? It's a funky, uh, you know, No, it means cartoon? something. Is it? No, it means something. <laughs> what is Google it? it and Please see. Google it. It's going to drive me crazy. Um, there was a guy named Darren O'Shea Mookie Blaylock, born March 20th, 1967, an American retired professional basketball, yeah, a basketball player. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent okay. 13 Mookie, years. Yeah. So what's the connection with... I guess they just wanted a cool name. That was the name of the band? Like, Their band was going to be Mookie Blaylock. Okay, so fans of the basketball player, the band members of Pearl Jam, originally named their group Mookie Blaylock. They were forced to change the name. They settled on naming their debut album 10 after Blaylock's jersey number. Shut up. In addition, Blaylock himself (laughs) is a fan of Pearl Jam. That's so cool. Okay, God, we're learning learning while we learn. Okay, all right, continue. Song number two. That's like a band calling themselves Michael Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, in a way, yeah, it is. Yes. So, Hunger Strike. Hunger Strike. Temple of the Dog. Technically a duet. Yes. The first time Eddie Vedder was ever really recorded. Yes. Unbelievable. And a little bit of weirdness, but there were only nine songs on the album. And Chris had this weird thing about odd numbers. So they (gasps) had to get an even number song, and this was the one they threw in to make it happen. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of decadence. That sounds like better right off the front, though, is it? No, that's Cornell? Okay. He comes in on verse two, and then they repeat him. So. Chris does the first, okay. Eddie does the second, but it's the same. And no. then they and then they merge the chorus oh, together. Okay, 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 okay. This is Eddie. Sorry, this is Chris. This is Chris still, right? Yeah. Great tune. I, I can make you this promise. I will be listening to this tomorrow in the way to work for sure. You gotta keep listening for sure. Rookie. Guy's never been recorded Never. Before. And he nails it. Duet. Harmonizing. This song, just like so many times, I've never even thought it was two different people, nor did I ever hear the harmony till now. Highs are Chris, lows are Oh, that's awesome. That gives me chills. What? <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Yep. I promise you I'll be going to work to that song tomorrow. <laughs> so that's incredible, right? Unbelievable. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's, it's. I have heard that song before, 
I didn't know it was two different people, nor did I know it was Eddie Vedder, nor did I know it was the first time he was ever recorded, nor did I ever recognize the harmony for some reason. Unbelievable. Right. All right, you got me on that. That was fantastic. You're welcome. Oh, I am truly grateful. All right. I'm going to throw a little bit of, you can delete this one out if you don't like it, just another little um, stat. Okay. So when every once in a while, again, one-off band, these guys didn't really perform together, but every once in a while when Chris was doing his solo acts, he would play the song, but he needed to have somebody come in and help him. Sure. So if Pearl Jam was playing a song and Chris happened to be in town, he'd show oh, up. Oh, no way. But one of his close friends... Chris Cornell's close friends um, was the lead singer for Linkin Park, Chester Bennington. So, th- in fact, he's the godfather of Chris's son, Christopher. So these guys are tight, and um, he would show up if they were around. And so, if if uh, Chris is doing a solo tour and he needed, you know, somebody to do Hunger Strike, Chester would show up. No way. Which is pretty cool. That is awesome. Now here's the downer to it. Two years after Chris committed suicide, Chester committed suicide. Come on. To the day. On to his, the day. No, or on or his, on birthday. his birthday. Yeah, oh because of him. Yeah. On Chris Cornell's birthday. Dude. The, one of the, you know, Lincoln Park. Yeah. Unbelievable. So it's a little weird. Again, you're like, here you are. What an influence this guy had on people's lives. Yeah. So much to the point where an incredible, successful, you know, musician... Yeah. Wow. Would take his life because his buddy, you know, was no <sighs> unbelievable. Just couldn't perform, you know, like he, you know, he just had, you know, just didn't have. Couldn't do it. Incredible. All right, so, where are you going to go? Song three. So this one, I, I just threw out that one <laughs> that like winded that, that incredibly terrible downer, which you can delete out if you like. No, no. no. Is this one's going to change you? <laughs> this one okay. is going to make you cry. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, I went from, okay. again, this, this is some, you know, you're calling it screaming. I'm calling it, you know, three to scre- four octaves and vocal belting of it's one brilliant. of the greatest male rock vocalists <laughs> on the planet. I, you, you told I me. Didn't, that, okay. Those aren't my words. Those are his, those are his <laughs> colleagues' words, right? Okay, okay. All right. Fair so, enough. All right, this on. one. So, I'm going to tell you, I, you know, as I said in the beginning, you intimidated me. Oh, this was a tough one for uh-huh. me, uh-huh. and I and sure. I did put a little thought into it because I wanted to be sure that this was something that gave you gave you some education, which I did. It clearly, I think it's going to put something on your podcast. I mean, on your iPod. Okay. Yep. Which for I think sure. I did. Yep. Honey, and this iPod one, is no longer a term. No, no, yeah, no. I know what he means. <laughs> okay, whatever the thing is. Apple now, Music. Now this one, I don't have. I don't really have a description. I don't have a history for it. Okay. Uh, my intention was for you to uh, listen to a great voice. Okay. And this is a great voice that was grunge, metal, hard, hard rock, but can also bring it down to something that will for you really for you Ooh. is 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 going to move you. Oh god. Okay. Very excited. This one put a tear in my eyes when I first heard it. Really? I'm going to oh. do one more song. It may do it again. A, this is a song Wait, what is it? A long time ago. Listen uh, to the man. Okay. And it Sorry. just seems like the unfortunately every week every year that goes by uh, I realize more and more how important this song really is. And how much we need it thought like this acoustic yeah in some kids high school function some kids fundraiser, high school fundraiser come on no metal no bands no drums imagine there's no heaven it's easy if you try, oh God. no hell below us, above us, only sky. It's well thought, Brian. It's very smart. Imagine all the people living for the day. There's no country 
song no and now listen to this one that voice is sick when was this part 2015 the year before he died two years You could just end the podcast right there. That was unbelievable. No, look at what you've done. Standing ovation, please. (laughs) (laughs) Look at what you did, though. You ended on a Beatles song knowing what the Beatles do to me. Like, you you, you sold me on his voice. You sold me on the history. You gave me the whole family tree and how they're all connected like that. It's brilliantly done. It's brilliantly done. Thank you. Seriously. (laughs) I've really learned a lot. That's he's he's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It's crazy, right? All right, so I'm going to ask you to give me what I call the bonus song. So on the fly, you have to come up with one more song that you're going to give me that I can just exit the podcast with, one that you didn't prepare for, and you're going to give me something that is meaningful to you. If I say, listen, what's your Soundgarden fan uh, favorite song or Chris Cornell favorite song or what? What's the one you're like, have you heard this that's meaningful to you specifically? Wow. So, you know, again, so many, you can't pick a great, you know, like one. I'm not so asking for great. I'm, going, I'm asking for your. I'm going for this one because it's going to lead to one of your. Okay, nice. Acoustic, <laughs> voice, yep, got no it. band. What's the name of the song? Uh, let's see if we can figure it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did so much tonight. I like it already. Miss Laura, I dedicate this to you. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I love when you dedicate songs to me. <laughs> it's been seven hours and fifteen days. Oh, yeah. Friends arrives again in your podcast. Because he wrote, because he wrote this for what's her face, yeah. right? Sinead yeah. O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Wow. This is a way better version. A little cello. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got strings. That's the way this song is meant to be played right here. Holy smokes.
chorus right here. There's nothing compared. Nothing compared. Come on. To you. No. He's been that's, so that's the way it should have been done in the first place. That's awesome. All right, did Prince hear that? Yeah. What was the timing? <laughs> what was the timing? Who died first? No kidding. That? This new Prince You'll was Prince like, You'll have to look Whoa. that one up when uh, your Prince yeah. uh, podcast happens. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Listen, well done. Let's wrap it there. I have so much work and homework now to do. I will definitely, I promise you, I will go to work tomorrow with some of those songs in my, I'm doing air quotes, iPod. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was awesome. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, We'll leave it there. That was fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Signing out. <laughs> <laughs>